Thanks again for listening in to Your Shadow Advisor, a podcast about navigating higher education from a first-generation person of color perspective. I'm your host, Professor Daryl Wander Serrano. So today, uh, I'm going to be talking to you about asking questions inside uh, class and outside of class, like in office hours. And so I'm going to be talking a little bit about like how to approach the process of asking questions, uh, how to prepare for that. Uh, when to interject in class, um, and when to take it out to like office hours and how to navigate that whole thing. I think that this is an important topic, especially for first-gen students, because I think there's there's an assumption, right, that like we should get things um, when really the reality is that most of the time, especially in a doctoral program, people aren't getting things, right? Um, and you need to ask questions in order to develop a better understanding of whatever topic you happen to be engaging. Uh, and so, you know, so, so I want to be able to talk about uh, basically to kind of talk up this task, right, of, uh, of asking good questions um, and, uh, and talk a little bit about how to navigate the process for doing so. Uh, be- before I do that, I want to I want to kind of turn back to uh, to just a quick plug uh, for the programs that we did uh, that we did the last two weeks, um, both of which were on public service loan forgiveness. Uh, the first episode. Uh, uh, was focused explicitly on the uh, the temporary waiver that expires at the end of October. So for people who, like me, have been out of, uh, of, of graduate school for a little while or out of school for a little while, uh, but have been engaged in public service uh, employment, uh, now's kind of the time to act, especially if you haven't already been part of the public service loan forgiveness program. Um, the second of those episodes was more generally about public service loan forgiveness, and so it's a great episode to uh, to listen to, even if you're currently still a student. So I just want to recommend going back, listening to those episodes if you haven't already, uh, because I, I think there's a wealth of information in them, uh, especially coming from the person I was interviewing, uh, Christina Ceballos, uh, who is the founder of a great community uh, focused on public service loan forgiveness on Facebook. So check that out. Look at the show notes. Uh, there's great links to different resources. Um, and you know, I hope you find those episodes useful. The other thing I want to mention uh, before we get going on today's topic is that I think, you know, really, I need to I need to kind of slow down a little bit. (laughs) September has tried to murder me. Uh, I think I'm probably not alone in that feeling. Uh, Something about really something about this semester feels like the first kind of full semester back from uh, from the covid pandemic, even though the pandemic is, is, of course, still going on, uh, despite what. Joe Biden might say. It's just like something about this semester just feels more real and more like active. I think it probably has to do with the return of more on-campus events, uh, at least, you know, at least here in Texas. And so, uh, so I just need some more time, y'all. Um, so I'm going to cut back instead of doing an episode every week. 
Uh, right now, I'm just going to cut back to every other week. So we're going to we're going to move into a biweekly format uh, because you know it's just me, uh, and it and it takes a lot of work to put together the episodes, to do the editing, uh, and to get things up online and on time. So so there won't be an episode next week, uh, but there will be something the week after. So stay tuned for that. So today, I, I, as I mentioned before, I want to talk about questions. Like I said at the in in the opening, I think that there's an assumption uh, that the the first gen students especially have this assumption. Although I think this is probably an assumption that a lot of graduate students have. Uh, but there's this assumption that you should already kind of know what it is that you're doing. You should just kind of you know by your own smarts, uh, completely understand the things that you're reading, uh, the assignments that you uh, that you're tasked with completing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that you know that this is one of those uh, one of those key hidden curriculum things, right? That the fact of the matter is that everyone doesn't know everything, right? Uh, and that's that's why we're in school. That's why we love school, right? Is we get to learn new things. Um, and sometimes, you know, oftentimes you need to ask questions to be able to learn those things. Now, I think that uh, the people who aren't first gen students uh, are are kind of you know, I think taught the value of asking questions and being inquisitive uh, and being present through their questions uh, in class. And I think that that first gen students aren't taught those things. <laughs> so, uh, so I want to talk through the process of like how to be asking good questions. Um, and I want to start with the uh, with the kind of fear that people have about asking a quote unquote dumb question. Look, here's the here's the deal. I think for the most part there aren't dumb questions, uh, but I do want to give a bit of a kind of you know a bit of a warning about that, a bit of a caveat about that. Uh, I think there there aren't bad questions so long as you've prepared uh, and thought through what your question actually is. And what I mean by that is that you know I, I think the only time that that I'm ever frustrated by a question as a professor uh, is when it's a question that is obviously answered in the reading, right? And I know that there's like complex you know complex topics that are covered in readings or in assignment sheets um, and that those need further questions right but like if your question is you know what's the definition of X and on page two of the reading the author provides a very clear definition of X then you know then I think we need to like think more deeply and talk more deeply about uh, about your reading skills right or, if you ask a question about an assignment that's literally just been answered uh, in class or is like very clearly answered, like objectively clearly answered in an assignment sheet, then that's a little bit frustrating, right? Um, but like barring those exceptions, there are no bad questions, right? Um, I think that you, you know, that you have to do the work though of situating your question in the kind of particular frame of reference that you have in mind um, and uh, and ask the question in a kind of precise way. Um, and so like one of the things that I'm trying to get at here is that, you know, that 
I get frustrated if a student says just just throws their hands up and says I'm completely lost. Right? No one's ever completely lost about something. No one ever doesn't understand anything in a reading. Right? Your understanding is always going to be situational, though,、um, and you might understand, you know. A narrower range of things from a reading than someone else,、uh, but that doesn't mean that you're completely lost, right? So you're entering the conversation, you're entering the question-asking frame with some kind of understanding, and so that's always a good way, I think, to situate the question that you're asking, right? So if you understand, you know,、uh, what the author means about. X, but not Y. Then I think you can, say, and there's a relationship between those things. I think you can say, "Hey, I understand what the author is arguing about X, but what I don't understand is how Y follows from that." Right. So, what does the author mean by Y, and you know how does it relate to X? So, trying to like, you know, position your questions.、Uh, Link to what you do already understand、um, is a great strategy for how to approach it and how to also like let's be honest like save face and manage your kind of performance of graduate studentness. Even beyond that kind of face saving measure, though, like I think it's important to demonstrate your thought. Process in an efficient and appropriate way, right? It shows your peers, it shows your professor that you have put some thought into this, and you're acknowledging kind of what you do understand,、um, while while kind of like posing a specific question about、uh, about some. Something that's related to that, so it's really kind of critical that you're specific with the questions that you ask, as specific as you can be, and that you ask them at an appropriate time in the seminar or in office hours. So,、uh, how do you know it's an when it's an appropriate time to ask a question in seminar? Well, if Your question relates to a topic that is already under discussion.、Uh, then that's a great time to、uh, to figure out a way to kind of jump in and ask your question as a follow up to a, to that discussion that's underway.、Um, if you know it's at the beginning of class, that that can be you know another great time to ask. Right, right as discussion is going. Most graduate seminars,、um, in my experience, at least as a you know coming from a kind of like critical and cultural studies sort of field、uh, and and program, most professors will ask kind of early in class after dealing with different kinds of like housekeeping issues. Who wants to get conversation started? Right? Maybe they'll give a little lecture first. Maybe they will、uh, just jump in、uh, because people have done different like、uh, written engagements of the reading already,、uh, and so that could be a great time to kind of jump in、uh, to get the conversation started, especially if it's a kind of like foundational issue. Uh, that that you have to understand before you can move on to uh, more uh, more kind of like higher order、uh, concepts from the reading. Sometimes though, like there just isn't a good time in a seminar to ask the question.、And、I think you've got kind of two choices of what to do if that's the case. First is you can hold off and ask the question after class.、Um, so like. 
go up to the professor and say, hey, you know, it didn't seem like there was a good time for me to ask this uh, because we'd already moved on. But here's my question about this, uh, about this reading or this concept or whatever. So that's one way to handle it. That's uh, that that can be if that can be efficient, and oftentimes professors will have a little bit of time after class to be able to do that. If they don't, right? If they're clear that like they got to run or whatever, then uh, then you need to make an appointment to uh, to ask the question. And I would do so uh, sooner than later. Try to make an appointment for during the professor's office hours, uh, especially if they got office hours coming up. If they don't have office hours coming up, right, maybe they were earlier in the week so you've already missed them, uh, or maybe like you can't make office hours because you have another class at that time, uh, then I would email your professor and say, hey, I'd love to meet with you to talk about this before uh, I do next week's reading. Uh, I can't make it to office hours because, you know, give your valid reason, <laughs> But I'd love to to to, to know your availability. Uh, know if you have availability uh, to be able to meet uh, later this week, right? Don't say, uh, don't just say I'm available. Uh, you know, today from three to five p.m. Uh, uh, when can we meet? Right? Don't make the assumption that you're entitled to meet with uh, the professor right away. Like. Leave the ball, you know. Give leave the ball in their court because every professor has kind of different ways that they like to uh, to schedule things, and they may not have uh, have been clear about about what those ways of scheduling are uh, for you. So, you know, leave it to them to be able to to be able to ask you what your availability is on different days or different times, or maybe they're going to say, "Well, I've got these chunks of times available. When can you meet in those chunks of times?" Uh, or maybe they have a link to something like Calendly or Fantastical uh, that you know that will help you set up your own meeting in times that are that, that are that they have availability structured. Don't be afraid to do that, right? That's what that's what office hours are for. That's one of the things that office hours are for. Um, and you know, professors love to talk with students about things. I think you know that's been that's been my experience, like. I would much rather be talking with a student about uh, about things from class than just sitting alone doing nothing in my office during office hours. Okay, I love having the chance to talk with people about these uh, about the topics that I'm teaching uh, because I'm passionate about those topics, right? And I think that's the case for uh, for most professors, right? They're passionate about the topics they're they're teaching, especially graduate courses, uh, and eagerly await the opportunity to talk with uh, with with their students about uh, about those things because they they have a vested interest, right, in ensuring that the students in their class leave their class with uh, with kind of new levels of expertise, right, on the topics that they're uh, that they're engaging. The last thing I want to say about this is don't wait for big questions uh, that that need to be answered sooner than later, right? Some questions, especially about foundational readings, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, are important uh, are important enough to be dealt with as soon as possible because subsequent things aren't going to make sense without them, right? Um, and I think that most of the time, right, uh, professors are 
building their their graduate courses in a way that front loads some kind of broader theoretical constructs or methodological constructs uh, that then later readings are going to rely upon in some uh, in some explicit or implicit way. Uh, and so it's really important, especially early in the semester, like right like right now, if you're on the semester system or if you're on the quarter system, right? Maybe you just started or are about to start uh, your academic year. When when you have those big questions early, get them answered. Uh, because you know, if you don't, you really risk being lost uh, as you as you move on. The same goes also for uh, for for assignments, right? So, you know, look, I've approached uh, giving assignments in graduate cl- courses in different ways at different points over the years. Um, there have been moments in my life when I've basically, you know, the the assignment hasn't been spelled out in uh, in very much detail, and I've just said, well, do X, Y, and Z, um, and you know, and we'll see how well it goes. Other points I've been uh, I've been you know kind of more specific in the kinds of direction I give people about what I expect and how I'll be evaluating the uh, the assignments uh, that they're producing in the class. Um, and you know there's 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 pedagogical value in both ways of approaching things, right? So I'm not saying that like if a professor doesn't give you really explicit instructions on an assignment, then they're doing something wrong because I don't think they're doing something wrong, right? Um, there's just different models of education at the graduate level. Um, that said, if you're unclear about what you should be doing in a, in an assignment or unclear about whether uh, you're performing at the level that you should be performing at, uh, then that's another opportunity uh, for you to go meet with your professor, uh, especially if it's about you, uh, you know, if, if it's about your performance on assignments that are like regular assignments, say uh, weekly writing uh, responses to the readings. You should definitely make an appointment to talk to the professor about that. Don't just ambush them uh, before or after class. Don't ask them a question about uh, that, that that requires them to evaluate you uh, in class. Uh, you know, those are perfect things to talk about in office hours. And I think I think any professor would welcome those opportunities. If you need clarification about how to do something for an assignment, then in class, especially the beginning of class, is a great time to ask that kind of question. I'll give you an example uh, of, of, I think, a, a kind of common, uh, common one. I, I know when I was a graduate student, uh, my professors loved to assign a prospectus or a proposal, right? Uh, so like, most of my classes, the big assignment was, uh, you know, was a full-size research paper, you know, 25 to 30 pages. Uh, but usually there would be an assignment earlier in the semester that was, uh, that was a proposal or prospectus. The assignment usually was represented in the syllabus with a couple of lines of text that said, write a proposal or write a prospectus uh, uh, proposing your project uh, and keep it to X number of pages or X number of words. Uh, and there wasn't, there, there oftentimes wasn't much, or at least it didn't seem like there was much uh, description for the assignment beyond that. Um, and I think that's probably like fairly common, right? People are told, write a proposal, write a prospectus, but then not given uh, the instruction of, of 
necessarily of, of what exactly that should look like. And so I think that's a great opportunity for you to say, well, you know, I haven't I haven't written a proposal or prospectus before. What are your expectations for what that should look like, right? Because the professor probably has a couple, at least a couple of ideas in mind of what that might look like in practice, right? Because like there probably isn't one single right way to do it. Um, but, you know, but there's a, a couple of more productive ways to approach writing an assignment like that. And so I, I'm sure the professor would be happy to explicate kind of what the breakdown of that might be and what that should look like and what kinds of questions it should answer, which will give you some more guidance. If their answer in class doesn't give you enough guidance and you're still feeling a little bit lost on the assignment, then again, that's another great opportunity to email them and set up a t uh, set up a time to meet with them in their office hours or outside of their office hours if if uh, if if you both can't do that um, uh, to to get the guidance that you need because you don't want to just you know you just don't want to guess right you want to be able to approach uh, approach these things from an informed perspective um and do it closer to right the first time uh than to than to complete something that is just really off the mark right and i think that's ultimately like to come back to the 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 value of of asking questions and the the assumption that people will ask questions uh as as kind of part of daily life in grad school Baked into this grad school thing, right, is the assumption that uh, that people, uh, you know, kind of have the the wherewithal and the motivation and the drive to ask for clarification uh, and to seek ways of improving their own work, right? And so I think that uh, the the you know. And I'm sure there's exceptions that will that, that, that will that will prove the rule here. Um, but I think for the most part, right, most professors, uh, especially if they're uh, if, if they're graduate professors who advise students, they you know they're eager and willing uh, to help you in whatever way seems uh, seems appropriate uh, for the context, for the class that you're in, uh, for your stage in the in your graduate career, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So don't be afraid to ask those questions. Um, I I really think that that you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Honestly, over the course of my career teaching graduate students, which is uh, over a decade now. Anytime somebody is asked a question that they've prefaced by saying this is probably a dumb question um, or I feel, you know, I feel silly asking this question, I think every single time there has always been at least one other person, usually more than one other person in class who's had the same question or related question, right? So don't psych yourself out of asking those important questions, uh, even if they seem like they're things that you should know. Chances are they're not. The chances are there's a higher level of complexity uh, involved, especially if it's related to the content of your course uh, than you're anticipating, right? Um, and I think that's, again, I think that's especially true with first-gen students who have a, an even greater tendency to undervalue uh, what we know and to, uh, and to, to kind of like, to basically like be our own worst enemy and, and think that, oh, well, you know, no one else would have this question when chances are they, they, they really probably do. Anyway, 
that's all I wanted to say uh, for for now. Uh, if you have questions related to uh, to to what I've just said about questions, you know, shoot me an email, uh, reply on social media, do whatever to 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 let me know, and I'll do my best to kind of like uh, clarify that next time. Relatedly, if you have other strategies uh, or other uh, or other practices that you want to suggest. Uh, you know, shoot those my way too, uh, because I'm, I'm I'm more than happy to, uh, to to kind of add those to the list. What I have to say about this stuff is rooted in my own experiences as a first generation uh, college graduate and as a professor um, at a at a research intensive university. Um, but there are undoubtedly you know many other strategies for approaching the topics that I address uh, on this show. Finally, you know, since I, I really do want to keep the show as listener-driven as possible, uh, please send me your thoughts and questions. So hit up the show on Twitter or shoot me an email uh, when, when you get a chance uh, and a desire to, a hankering, if you will. Uh, and if you do have a question, please send it to questions at yourshadowadvisor.com or head to the website to submit an audio question that I might air on the podcast. That's it for today. If you haven't already, please subscribe uh, to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling up to it, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Thanks again for listening in. I'll be back with more next time.